Psychiatric help for a nickel. <laughs> I'll pay a penny. No. <laughs> I graduated with an engineering degree. I fooled them all. <laughs> because she's a real phony. Because she honestly believes all this phony junk that she believes. I mean it. Yeah, no, we're like friends, I guess. I don't know. Friends? I guess we're collaborators. To you. <laughs> it's to you. To you. <laughs>
Okay, I think it was guys, gals, and non-binary pals, and I really liked it. Oh, wait, you! I think that was on your Instagram story. That sounds so familiar. I don't think I put it on my Instagram story, because it was a video oh. of Harry Styles in a concert. Oh, maybe. Shout out to maybe, Mr. Styles. Maybe it was just me on my <laughs> once-a-day internet extravaganza. Maybe Who knows? it's just the energy that you see in my stories. Just <laughs> maybe guys, that is gals, actually non-binary pals. <laughs> That's really good, though. I like that a lot. It's really catchy. I like it. Very inclusive. It is. It's good. It is. I like that. Oh, look at her with her NYU. Stop it. NYU. It's not a mug. What is that called? It's a thermos with a Ther- thingy. Oh, it, oh, oh! I didn't notice. I didn't see the uh, the lid on it. I thought it was one of those. Um, so you what? You thought it was just like a cup with a straw? Could have said that. Yeah. No, it, no, cup. those have a name though. All Tumblr. these, all everyone calls them something. Even Gabe called it something Tumblr. last night that I don't remember. That's it. The website. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Sponsored anyway, sponsored by NYU University. Today, <laughs> Malu, what is this holiday season episode about? This holiday season, we're focusing on one of my favorite mediums in film and also in television, but specifically film. And it's animation. Our specialty. <laughs> specialty yay and uh, just like to start off the episode just you know laying it out right away we will not be referring to animation as a genre because it's fucking not it's a medium many different genres can play with animation and these three movies just happen to all be holiday movies true that and yeah we're very nicely put thank you so much and we're gonna be diving into some really cool movies that all do very different styles of animation that's right and we're gonna talk about them and then (laughs) i made the game because I'm really just hoping Malu loses it, and that's it. Last night, we uh, we recorded a nice special episode of Slow Readers with the Slow Readers gang. Yeah, go check them out. Yes, please check them out. All of them, <laughs> all of their episodes are fantastic. They're fantastic. And we had a great time. A grand time. So we need time. to have them on our podcast sometime soon. But anyways, back to what I was saying is Malu is the most like spiteful winner in the fucking world she's That's so rude me. about winning yes I it's am. ridiculous I'm and then gabe's winner. just sitting there he just wants to win and i just want him to win so it's really like oh my god it's just all against malu and when just, it really comes down I, to it i just want to point out that much like underdogs in the movies we all love i won <laughs> You're not an underdog, Amalie. You are never an underdog. And you (laughs) lost last time and only kind of won won. by by technical specification. Okay, well, clearly Katie's a bit too emotionally invested in my wins because (laughs) she herself hasn't won. Oh, I'm I'm not going to. I'm sorry. I'm blowing out the mic. You're you're making me blow out the mic. Please, please let me relax. He's going to fucking die when he hears this. I can't talk about this. I can't talk about this. So instead, I'm just going to go I'm right into... You, like, you're a fucking I'm going right and into... I'm just moving your fucking mouth now. You're doing that yourself. Oh you're an engineer. Gosh, still going you're an adult. On. Can you even hear me? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> oh, my God. I hate that. I was really hoping that the sound was just gone out. Nope. She was just going on her rant, everybody. So, <laughs> fuck it. Screw you, Malu. I'm doing the icebreaker. Here's my icebreaker for you. Today, we are covering A Charlie Brown Christmas, The Polar Express, and Klaus. Which of these animations, since they're all so different, would you rather live in and have be your world? Easy, Klaus. Hands down, no contest. The Polar Express (laughs) is tempting because, wow, would it be cool to live in such a disturbingly looking world? I hate Um, it. I hate it. (laughs) I hate it. 
we'll go into that. I kind of love it. But um, but Klaus, Klaus is so beautiful. The colors were just like so out of this fucking world. And and yeah, just the the whole aesthetic of the film meant the world to me. And it made me really happy. So I would love living in that world. Yeah, I'm going to agree only because I watched Timmy Turner in the Fairly Odd Parents do. Did you do you remember <laughs> the television special that he had where he jumped into the TV? Yeah. And so he lived in Charlie Brown for like a little bit, mm. and it seems very plain. And I'm like, all right, I because part of me wants to do it because I think Charlie Brown is like very dark and very hilarious at the same time, <laughs> and then that that fits it. But Klaus is so beautiful. Oh, so those colors pretty. and and everyone is. It's just such a cool like the way we'll go into it. We'll go you into will it. Go I'll into go. It. I'll go with you though. <laughs> I am between Charlie Brown and that, but. I, Klaus is kind of more fun in a way. Yeah. But how fun would it be to be a peanut? Am I right? <laughs> the gang. I would hang out with the Snoopy gang. all damn day. We would be Cool Joe. Of course. All the way. <laughs> Joe Cool. Joe Cool. Joe Cool. Cool Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you keep going on that. <laughs> it's good. It was really good. I was looking at Snoopy trivia basically Snoopy. earlier. Snoopy. Anyways. Snoopy. The Snoopsters. Yes. So, <laughs> would you like to... Oh, you know, since I'm talking about it, I'll introduce it. Charlie Brown? Go for it. So the first movie we're covering is Charlie Brown Christmas. It's a 1965 animated television special based on the Peanuts comics by Charles M. Schultz. The special was written by Schultz and directed by Bill Melendez. It stars Pete Robinson as Charlie Brown, Chris Shea as Linus Van Pelt. <laughs> such a cute name. And Tracy Stratford as Lucy Van Pelt. Oh, I forgot that they're brother and sister. Me too. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't know that at all. And then Charlie's sister has a crush on Linus the whole time. Yes. And then yes. Lucy, little, little Lucy yeah. was her name? Uh-huh. No, oh, Lucy's no Lucy's Lucy is Lucy. Yeah, the other kid, the blondie, tiny, sure, with the little hearts um, around her. <laughs> there is a uh a, an amusement park by my hometown. It's like mm, mm, a bit of ways, but it's somewhere around us. And I went there almost every day in the summer as a kid and during Halloween <laughs> as well. It's called Dorney Park, and Ooh. their whole kids section is peanuts themed. So it's really cool. It's really cool. And you have the Peanuts characters dress up and like, you know, they're walking around taking pictures or they're like performing songs and stuff. And yeah, it's really cool. That sounds pretty fucking cute. Not gonna lie. No, it's really cute. You should come up. We'll go sometime. We'll go in the summer when you're here. Hopefully, (gasps) maybe. Yeah, if it's open. I don't know why you said in the summer and the first thing my mind started playing was the song from uh, the first Frozen movie. Or Olaf thinks about what he's gonna do in the summer. What? Have you seen the first Frozen movie? Have I? Seen, I have it on DVD. Of course, I have. <laughs> I love how I That's ended. In the, they're talking about the summer. <laughs> Hold on. Olaf has a whole song of you know. Oh, I thought you said in the beginning of the movie, summer. and I'm like, that's not the beginning of the movie. But oh, yeah, okay, no. Olaf and them. Oh yeah, that's cute. Just Josh Gad absolutely killing it as always. <laughs> and I honestly, Malu, I'm going to let you introduce the next two movies because they're both on the top of your list. You're so, so. sweet. I love you. Thank I know. You. <laughs> I know. You're welcome. Even though you are extremely mean to me when it comes oh, to I just game. said I love you. I literally just said I love you on air. I know. For people to I know. hear. For you to that's hear. Why I told, that's why I told the slow readers uh, <laughs> audience how, ni- how much nicer you are to me on our own podcast. 
So I'm this just, is proof. I'm mean to my friends on, on outside occasions so that strangers won't assume that I'm nice. It's a protective <laughs> mechanism. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's to prove my comedic value. Psychiatric help for a nickel. <laughs> I will pay a thousand dollars because I need that much. <laughs> Oh, take it away, please. I will. Oh, no. all, all in all, I love you, Katie. I also I love, love making fun too, of you, but that's a separate thing. I know. I know. It's separate. I love yeah, you, okay. too. <laughs> okay, whatever. In holiday spirit, as love actually would say, time to tell the truth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll never stop making fun of that movie for Ta- exactly that reason. Time to tell the truth. I love Katie, but I also need psychiatric help. Yay. <laughs> Yay. We all do. Yay. God, AP film, just making strides in emotional um, <laughs> emotional understandings. We both have long ways to go, but we'll get there eventually. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on from those topics. The second movie we saw for this week is The Polar Express. It's the 2004 computer animated film. Not just computer animated, but motion capture computer animated film directed by Robert Robert Semekis. I always mispronounce that by accident. Uh, Robert Semekis and co-written by Semekis and William Broyles Jr. It stars Tom Hanks, which is who essentially plays every fucking character in the movie. Um, (laughs) He didn't realize he did, but. Because yeah. he's so good, and we'll go into that because the man is a national treasure. So yes. Tom Hanks uh, did the motion capture for Hero Boy, which is the main character. By the way, there's no names in this movie, which I think is very interesting. There's, oh my god, I did not put it together. Exactly, You're but right. you don't notice because it's so charming. It's such a charming little tale. Yeah. Um, okay, so Tom Hanks did uh, motion capture for Hero Boy, even though Hero Boy was voiced by a young Judge Hutcherson. Mwah, love him. Chef's kiss. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Peter Malark, hell yeah. Oh my god, can we please, <laughs> please have a Hunger Games marathon yes, ASAP? Oh my god, Any platform, I'm so any excited. situation where I can shit talk Gale, I will take. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. You'll come over to my apartment, we'll, we'll do mm-hmm. it, we'll do a live. I like that. Okay. <laughs> okay, so Tom Hanks also played Hero Boy's father, Santa, the conductor, the hobo in the train, the Scrooge puppet, and the narrator. Those last characters he did motion capture and the voice for. Then we have Nona Gay as the hero girl, uh, also another character without a name, but is the main female character. <laughs> uh, Peter Scolari as Billy the Lonely Boy, apparently the only fucking character with a name. Um, and he is voiced by Jimmy Bennett. And then finally, oh no, two more. Eddie Deason as Know-It-All, which is the kid with the glasses who knows it all. And then my personal favorite addition to this movie that I didn't even see coming, I didn't remember, it was beautiful, Steven Tyler as a singing elf at the end of the movie. What? Oh my god. Yeah, when Santa takes off, there's like all these elves singing. The lead singer of the elf band is Steven Tyler. And I saw him and I was like, that has to be Steven Tyler. It looks like him, (laughs) sounds like him. I look it up and it was. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. You got it. <laughs> so that's the cast, and it should be mentioned, this was credited and has the Guinness World Record for it uh, for being the first all-digital motion capture film. Wow. Claps Shoot. to them. Yeah, I know. Claps to Robert Semichus and his job. Um, before you continue to the next movie, I was mm-hmm. uh, saying that um, basically Tom Hanks went in on the movie, on the, on the meeting in it, and uh, they said, all right, Tom, would you like to play... The conductor, the father, this, 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 or that. And he said, well, yes. 
<laughs> and that was all they needed to hear. And I yeah, said, all right, Tom, you got it. Actually, for for like a minute, Robert Semekis tried to see if Tom Hanks could play every single character. Really? But then they realized it was much too exhausting for the poor man. Yeah. Um, and they were like, yeah, we Yikes. should probably expand the cast. <laughs> but it was Let's there for a minute. Let's do four people instead. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Oh, oh, and then, last but not least, 2019 Oscar-nominated film for Best Animated Feature. English language, nice. but Spanish produced. Well, I mean, it was Netflix. But no, wait. Netflix distributed Spanish. Yeah, because the company's from Spain. Uh, 2D em. animated film directed by Sergio Pablos. Klaus. Fucking amazing. Uh, this was actually Sergio Pablos' directorial debut. He had worked before in animation, but this was the first time directing. Um, and it was written by Pablos, who also made the story up originally. Uh, Jim Mahoney and Zach Lewis. It stars Jason Schwartzman, love of my life, as Jesper. <laughs> Um, J.K. Simmons as Klaus, Rashida Jones as Alva, Will Sasso as Mr. Ellingbow, John Cusack as Miss, uh, Mrs. Crumb, Norm MacDonald as Mogens, Nita Margaret Lava as Margu, and Sergio Pablos as Olaf and Pumpkin, which were the, the two big kids of the opposing clans, which I thought was hilarious that he voiced them yeah. both. Such that a cute was, little addition. All-star cast, really. Fantastic. And when I realized at the end that J.K. Simmons played Kloss, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense and it warms my heart. I know, right? Same. Yeah. I was like, the whole time, I'm like, God, I know that I know that voice. And then Rashida jo- Jones, when I heard her, I'm like, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Thank you. Same with Jason Schwartzman. He's a fantastic voice actor and I didn't know he was so good at voice acting until now. I'm so happy with it. Yes, I agree. But yes, has those are the films that we're watching. Are we ready? Ooh. Are we fucking ready? I'm ready. Malu, what's up? What okay. is up? Well, I think that the main thing that's really cool about these movies, because as I mentioned at the beginning, animation is, you know, a medium, not a genre. So it's not like they're tied together because they're all like, you know, similar genres. They're all holiday movies, but they all really do things very differently. And I think what's most important is how they all use the medium to portray their own stories and how that medium and the form of the medium they decided to use kind of helped boost it up. Um, so I thought we would start, you know, from the first one, the oldest one, Charlie Brown, 1965. Katie, you mentioned that this was the type of animation that you really, really liked because it, you know, feels mm-hmm. warm and familiar. Yes, um, it really does. I love, I love old school original cartoons. I, mm-hmm. they're everything to me. Boomerang as a kid, they're just everything. <laughs> There's something very sweet about like 2D uh, classic animation like that. And it's very special. I think it was really nice. Uh, they originally it was meant to be like a two minute thing, uh, like a two minute bit of animation, and then it turned into a thirty minute special. Uh, Amazing, <laughs> incredible how they did that. <laughs> and actually, the director Bill Melendez had some Disney experience, so like that also helped him in like you know, sort of already having that experience and being able to use prior animation experience to like do a completely different style that followed more of like the actual peanuts aesthetic and you know like the way they did things yeah for example like the film everything is in 12 frames per second and you know little fun fact about animation every and like usual animation looks standard is that every frame is 24 it's 24 frames per second um and that gets you like the very realistic look of things that's how motions look very swift and you know makes sense that's um, how um just because of that, that that's what your eyes see. Your eyes see about that. So exactly. that's what that's all trick. film tries to mimic. Yeah. <laughs> that's a little trick they get you so that you think Ooh. that those pictures are moving images. Mm-hmm. Um, motion picture. Ha ha. 
Aha. <laughs> um, but then, as you can see, like there's a lot of movement in the in you know Charlie Brown's Christmas where you can actually see like very rougher movements, and it's because it's 12 frames per second instead of uh, 24, which still looks really good. But you can definitely see the difference between like that and something like Clouds that is a lot much more smoother and you know even like 3D animation passing. And yeah, I just I, I thought it was really wholesome. There's something very wholesome about that, you know, tele, televised animation like that. And I, I really like it. I feel like it worked with like their themes because they were going for a very wholesome thematics and, you know, even putting in religion, which was, like, you know, a choice because not a lot of people were doing that back then. Or like they were trying to stray away from bringing something that had become political like religion. And I think it really worked for them, you know, like supporting those themes with super wholesome, familiar animation. Oh, I like I like connecting those dots. That was nice. Dots, dots, I also dots. didn't. There are two things. One, I didn't realize that at in the mid '60s they were trying to get away from that. I thought it was still pretty normalized to have religion yeah. in 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 things. Because I was like, oh, look at them forcing Christianity on me. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's everybody. It was, uh, that was how it was. That's okay. Fine by me. And then the second thing that I wanted to say was something what was it what was it? it oh i believe in you oh it's just uh animation has always totally blown my mind because of exactly the i mean back then it was the 12 frames per second and but not all of them but specifically charlie brown was but like when you mm. think about it 12 to 24 frames per second think how long that you are watching something every second is 12 to 24 drawings. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? And then with that, though, do you know, since you are an animator yourself, oh, um, how do you go about, like, the movement of the characters in, like, frame by frame? That seems very difficult. Is that something you just have to, like, just imagine in your head and see where it was? Like, what if a movement doesn't line up as it should, then you just got to go back and redo it. And like, you know what I mean? Like, no, yeah. it just seems so tough to imagine the movement and then having to execute that, you know? Yeah. Uh, wait, do you mean like executing a movement as in like putting it on paper or just like putting yeah. it on paper continuously yes, to the point of, of like... Okay. Yeah, but mostly like as, as to make one movement whole, you need the 12 to 24 mm-hmm. um uh, sections of that and to like be able to space them out accordingly how do you go about that how do you how do you know what is the right spacing of each movement I guess yeah um okay well uh, there's a few things and by the way just like as that is as a like disclosure thing I am still learning about animation constantly there's terms that I may not know even though I know like what they essentially mean I'm still learning how to do shit myself and I'm always she's still only 20 years old you guys give her a break and I'm not going to film school I'm not studying animation I really wish I was and hopefully one day I will Mm -hmm. um but I studied on my own time um so there's a few things that like animators especially in like the times of 2d would do because 2d obviously like posed more of that challenge because 3d does allow you to like move your actual objects that are already there in a much more natural way so what they would do for 2D, like one of the things is that you'll have like sort of uh, thumbnails. Or not exactly thumbnails, I guess it's just like keyframes. Um, and so when you're doing a movement, you'll study the movement and you'll kind of find what are the places where like the movement peaks. So if you're like, let's say picking something up, the keyframes will be like when you grab the object, when it's at the mid level, right before you keep it to like the final position. And then the final point where you've picked up the object and it's like, you know, above the surface that it used to be at. 
Or if you have like a, a ball dropping, you'll have like the first frame is the ball about to be dropped. The main, like the, the middle frame is the ball touching the ground. Um, and then the final frame, you have the ball, you know, going away. And essentially what you have there, you have to start filling in the blanks. So you'll have those like keyframes and then you fill in like midpoints between those keyframes and so on and on and oh, on. Okay. You start finding anchor points that you keep basing yourself off of. Okay, that's good. That makes sense. And another thing, like, especially for studying movement, something that Disney used to do a lot, which I love, and they also did with, I mean, they try to do it with most anim- 2D animations that have that much movement. Avatar The Last Airbender really, really went into that uh, fantastic fucking show. I love that show. It's so great. That is a perfect show through and through. It really is. Um, but something that, you know, they did, something that old school Disney would do a lot, and they still do it, um, it's like study movement. So they would have, back then, like the Disney golden era, they would have like, stages and they would bring in you know actresses and actors to like put on costumes and essentially just have the animator study them a lot and so you'll have frames that like actually went from you know a stage to a page to the screen and it's really amazing seeing it like beauty and the beast has some really uh, not beauty and the beast sorry uh sleeping beauty has some really nice ones because there was a lot of movement with dresses and they were really trying to nail that in a way that looked very like realistic flowy and nice because costumes were like a very big deal for them in that movie i would say and yeah, so they would study these people and then they would just like transfer that into anything they did. They would have just like tapes of film of like small motions that they really needed to nail. When they had animals, they would do the same thing. So it was like that was sort of the way of doing, uh, you know, going about that for Avatar. They had a bunch of like actual um, martial arts experts and they would just, you know, fight and show the animators like this is exactly how we do things and this is how you would do or go about doing this. And then the animators would just have to study that over and over again to kind of capture the motion and be able to put that in paper, which, you know, fucking phenomenal. It's really amazing. Um, that is so cool. It's so that cool. is so cool. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then we left, last part of the, the question is, like, how do you keep it going when, you know, you have the same moment and you need to, like, you know, really go 24 seconds of one fucking second, not right. 24 frames of one second. It's so hard. Yeah. Um, the main thing that people usually do, and you can also do it, like, in digital, um, but in like old school when they would use paper at first and then, you know, digitalize it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have this very thin paper. And essentially, it's just fucking rims of paper, huge, huge rims of paper of one motion. And, you know, the animators would just go over the same movement. You would have to essentially draw the same thing over and over again, but changing it slightly every single frame. Oh my and then God. you would just run it like, you know, like a paper animation. And, and yeah, that's how they that's how they did it back in the day. <laughs> That is crazy. That's so cool. It, that is it, blows my mind. Like that's that's why animations like has to be like my favorite medium because I just appreciate all the tech. Like, and I know that you can do that with like you know live action film as well, but like all the ingenuity that you have to go through, especially when people were doing two D. And I'll go into that with Klaus because Sergio Paulos talks about that. It's just so amazing to me, like how ingenious it had to be to like pull off everything they did and to keep like raising the bar in two D animation. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That rant. was my rant. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that educational rant. We all needed it. Always we happy to, uh, to talk about animation. <laughs> all right. Tell me about this 3D bullshit. I hate yes. 3D animation. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I can't stand it. Like I don't like Polar it? Express. I don't like, I don't like the new 
animation animated movies mm. from you know oh. I don't even know from when they started. From where? Um, I always think of Tangled first, but I'm sure it came before that. Oh, do you not like Tangled? Are we no, no, no. I I love I love the movies. I just don't. I wish the animation style was different. To me, I I, I love 2D animation. That's another reason I loved Klaus too. I mean, that's fair. Um, a lot a lot of people have that attachment. I have that attachment, even though I do like love and admire 3D animation in its own like, you know. Sure. Because it's, it's cool. It, it, and it has its methods. Like, it has its not methods, merits. Like, you know, Pixar has fucking studied 3D animation to a point where it's like, you know, they have things that look so realistic that you're just wondering, like, is that real or is that animated? Yeah. And it's animated Oh, yeah. Duh. Hello, Toy Story. I'm out here like, Toy Story 4, yeah. Like, fucking dumbass me. Yeah. What was the first 3D animation? Do you know? Uh, the first 3D animated, like, fully 3D animated movie was Toy Story, the first one, ah, 1995. Yeah. Yes. All right. Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. And if you see yeah, it, no, how I far do they've love come, Toy Story. <laughs> Toy Story works for me for some reason. I think it's because you don't see humans as much. They're mostly toys. I mean, and that was a choice because they tried doing humans and they looked super disturbing because they realized yeah. they couldn't figure out, like, and that's that's part of what uh, the Polar Express did. It was like they was trying to deal with humans for the first time after that, I think. I mean, not for the first time, but, like, in a very different approach that uh, Semeckis really said, like, let's just do this because I want to try mm-hmm. it. Um, and he kind of been building himself up to do it. But, but yeah, yeah, uh, first story story strode, like, which is away from humans because they knew that they would look weird and they didn't like it. That makes sense. And, um, and frankly, the Polar Express, I don't like how they tried to be so on point with humans and i think that's why i think as <laughs> 3d animation has now now that i understand the timeline of it as it seems to have grown mm-hmm. they don't people in them don't look necessarily completely like real people it's like yeah. their own version of them They're and i think that's why it can actually work and that's why all of us are geeked out over <laughs> polar express <laughs> oh. <laughs> The oh, amount of times it. I've seen that goddamn hot chocolate scene, I could kill myself. Oh I my love god, it. it's so cool! It's so cool. <laughs> it's just I I grew up figure skating, and so every year oh, we had cool. a Christmas show. <laughs> and so basically, the same people were in it every single year as time went on, and with some <laughs> newbies, of course, new new babies. But um, there was always the same music, and it just got distributed differently every year, basically. Oh, and so the hot chocolate song was a constant plus we watched it all the time every year and so it was just i can't do it anymore i really can't <laughs> it's great the dancing and all of this it's just awesome but also i'm like god i'm not i don't want to i could go the rest of my life without seeing it probably <laughs> i love it it was a big part of my childhood because it would always play it in cartoon network and it was a very big cartoon network kid oh um, i could see that i could see that <laughs> i've been yeah. told that i've been told that that makes sense that you makes know, sense all it Thank does. <laughs> I take that as the highest compliment. Scooby Doo, K and D, like you know, sure. what's not to love? Can I just say real quick? I, I'm not yes. gonna get off topic. I'm just saying a statement, and then you can reply with a statement, <laughs> and then we'll go back to the Polar Express. Go for it. Courage the Cowardly Dog was the scariest shit I've ever seen as a kid, and I never want to see it again. I love Courage. So many chef kisses she just did. If only everybody saw them. That's what the silence was on Malibu's end. such a stylized show in a way that they just said, we're going to do this and it's yep. going to be it. And they mm-hmm. did it. And then they had a fantastic Christmas special. 
with the nutcracker and a bunch of rats in a graveyard. I lo- not that a graveyard. Shit, uh, it was so yard. disturbing. That show is so disturbing. It is so. Ugh, it puts you on the edge. Anyway, that is all I, I had it. to say. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Polar Express, um, the realism. What's okay. up? Well, here we go. This is a very important thing to keep in mind. Uh, like you did mention, you know, like the differences between uh, 3D animation and how it's kind of grown from, oh, let's try to be realistic with our humans. And now, you know, a different version of what a realistic human looks in 3D animation is a lot more of a cartoonish version of yes. a human. Um, but a very important thing to keep in mind when thinking not only of the Polar Express, but essentially anything animated, I think, that um, Robert Zemeckis... Rob- oh, my God, I keep saying it wrong. I'm so sorry, Mr. Robert, Mr. Z. Z-Man. Zemeckis? Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis. I, I don't there know why I feel like I'm saying it wrong. But yeah, he's well known for like being one of those people that really wanted to push the envelope and keep growing with motion capture animation. And like the difference between 3D animation and motion capture is that motion capture, you essentially take the actual actors and you know, you put dots all over their face and you capture their acting through it. And then you do everything around it. You can, I, I'm pretty sure you can do that with bodies too. They did it with Benedict Cumberbatch a little bit and the Hobbit movies. So like, that's why the realism is there. Like it wasn't really like, oh, let's assign characters like this and see what happens. It was really trying to bridge this new thing of like, oh, what if, you know, we let the actors really put their acting in, in a very close up theatrical way. And, you know, that developed way much more like, you know, after this came uh, Monster House, after that was, if I'm not mistaken, the Beowulf movie. Monster House. Monster House, hell yeah. After those, the Beowulf movie, which is like uses a different type of motion capture, but it's still there. Um, and then last but not least, uh, the Disney uh, Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey, where like the motion capture, I feel like that's when it reached like its biggest peak of of an animated movie of the, the sort that Zemeckis uh, likes doing. And there's some merit to it because it does look kind of cool sometimes. And it is really cool to get to see like sort of the acting come through that way. There's a lot of mm-hmm. technical cool shit about it. <laughs> And, and it yeah, is the, cool. It's, also it's just a weird. It's just a really bit creepy. Weird. Yeah, <laughs> and the main reason is because of that weird realism that exists there. And like that's okay. So there's this thing called the Uncanny Valley. Have you have you have you heard of the valley? Nope. Educate me. Okay, so the Uncanny Valley is this thing where like I I'm pretty sure it applies specifically to like you know CG animated stuff like this, um, where when you're animating something with CG. And you try to make it look so real that it becomes too real to an uncomfortable point. So, like, let's say, like, the faces and the cats in Cats the movie, that is, like, in the uncanny valley of, like, that looks so weird. Like, I know you're going for realistic, but there's something off-putting about it. I'm glad there's a name for that. I never knew that that was the name for that. That's good. (laughs) So this crosses over into the uncanny valley a lot because you get these faces that look so real, but at the same time look so uncomfortable. Like, you know, the the hero boy, his eyes sometimes look different colors and it's very weird and off-putting sometimes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that, like that's a one way of paraphrasing what the Uncanny Valley is supposed to be. It's that okay. point where you're well crossed done. into realism that is way too real and okay. uncomfortable. Makes sense. Well done. Yeah. This is what the movie does. <laughs> Thank you. Whew. And this movie is famous for that. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. But, like, at the same time, there's so many parts that I really like about that. Like, seeing Tom Hanks act in so many different parts just brings me such joy. Yeah, my roommates and I uh, (laughs) recently just not argued about it, but kind of. (laughs) uh, Two of them were arguing about it, and the the rest of us were just laughing. And, um, yeah, the one sent, like, um, 
a meme about it or something, and the other one was like, oh my god, I hate that movie. It is so fucking creepy, I can't stand it. And the other one was like, oh, how can you say that? It's like my childhood, blah, blah, it's so good, this and that, it's blah, blah, blah. <laughs> they were just arguing about it. Oh my, and it's, it's really funny to see, but that is exactly, and then I was like, once, I never like had a conversation about the Polar Express like that before, and so once someone brought up, I was like, one. I was like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna side with. It makes me uncomfortable, I think, because I always stray away from this movie since I've seen after like the seventh time I've seen it. I think yeah. I was like, I don't want to see this again, because <laughs> I was like, why did, why am I watching this when it makes me uncomfortable? <laughs> That's and the, fair. The answer was Tom Hanks. It truly is. Tom Hanks does so much. Tom Hanks is the heart of this movie. He embodies, embodies Christmas the spirit. Christmas spirit. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to <laughs> say it together. Sorry. I knew it. I knew it. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Um, <laughs> and fun, some fun facts about uh, my man Tom. He was my actually, boy. yeah, he was actually the person that optioned the book in 1999 because he said he wanted to make a movie out of it. Oh, and he was like, "Oh, let me play every role." <laughs> and I mean, that was that was Robert Zemeckis' idea. He was like, "Why don't we try this?" And then it didn't work. Uh, the thing is, Tom Hanks was very adamant that he would only you know, be okay with the movie being made if it wasn't animated. He was like, this can be animated. And Robert Zemeckis was like, okay, but hear me out. (laughs) If we do a live action, it's going to feel really unreal to a point where it's going to cost a bunch of money, which it would have, yes. So Um, much money. It would have cost an unbelievable (laughs) amount of money. (laughs) Not that animation doesn't, but holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, but like a live action of this, and and in a time where like CGI wasn't what it is right now, yeah, like, you know, you true. would have to have sets, you know, you couldn't just pull up an entirely, <laughs> you know, CG set the way Marvel pull does. Up. You can't do that. <laughs> just pull Tom up. Hanks said, let me pull up real yeah. quick. <laughs> you That's exactly set. what he said. Um, oh, man. And yeah, and the, the other thing was that Robert Zemeckis, which I appreciated this, I didn't know this, um, but now that I know the animation just seems a lot more endearing to me. He also said, if we do a live action we'll lose a bunch of sort of the the illustrated aesthetic of the book. You know, the original, the Polar Express book that the movie is based on. And I actually looked at some pictures and you can see the big bit. Like he really just not only honored it, he went, I'm going to do this. Just oh, yeah, this. he really did. Yes. Yeah, I know. Which I appreciate. Like as, as an adaptation of a beloved story, you know, like, you yeah. know, it's very easy to say, oh, I'm going to do my own art style. But it's way better to say, you know what, I'm going to honor the art style and then add my own shit here and there and, you know, take some liberties by myself. But I'll still honor the original illustrations because they are part of the heart of the original book. And I have to yeah. I have to give props to the man for being so like, nope, I'm going to follow this. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I bet at one point they're going to make a live action version of this movie just because be they're making now. everything else. And Tom Hanks is going to have to give up the rights. That's what he's going to or he's going to have to Ugh. be full EP on it. So, oh, I don't want that. I don't want them to DH him for that. Yeah, well, I don't want any of the new live action movies and yet <laughs> I'm getting all of them. So here we are, Malu. We'll talk about that one of these days because every single Disney live action that has come out to this day, I have everything in my mind to rewrite them into a script that wouldn't suck. No offense yeah, to Disney. I love you right? guys. I feel like some of your movies are really good. But I have to say it. Your live actions all have terrible scripts. Yeah, you know what? Some better I'll than others. I wouldn't even give them a compliment in the first place. I think they are <laughs> the biggest goddamn money-stealing corporation in the world. You and uh, I think Pixar, they can I fucking do better foot. with a few billion dollars in hand. <laughs> Shit. Katie, They're so I want lazy to work now. At Pixar. I can't. 
shoot myself in the foot so early on in my quote unquote Wait, career. Do you do you know that meme of the of of, the, of shooting yourself in the foot? Have you seen that meme? Which one? I'll send I mean, it to you because every time, line. especially the way he said "shoot myself in the foot," it just really like bam, like smacked bam. into my brain. It really added some humor to it. I wish I could use memes and like real conversation <laughs> like pull it up like out of nowhere like I a like a note the, card I do it all the time imagine if i just had a, a stack full of meme <laughs> note cards at all times and i was like wait one second <laughs> it's, it's a, what do you mean that deck deck cards but you just keep pulling them out for reference yeah and then smack it on the table <laughs> oh yeah like like an uno cards yeah <laughs> next move what's your move boom uh and they're different memes oh my god that would be so I love good that. <laughs> um, wait, just to touch on it a little before we actually go into Klaus, mm-hmm. I'm very excited. Yes. Uh, the main question, the main thing that we're also looking at, besides you know why animation is fucking amazing, is yes. you know how did the animation and the medium and the sort of animation they try to use in this movie help advance the plot, help showcase the plot and sort of the the feeling of the movie. And I personally, I know that the Polar Express has some weird shit, you know, look wise. But I really think that I like I would I wouldn't want to see this movie made any other way and call that sentimentalism because I'm attached to it emotionally. <laughs> but I think it's also just because it works really well. They're like there's some scenes that really do look well. Like everything in the like in the North Pole, I think looks fucking phenomenal. It Especially does. Santa and the reindeer and the sleigh. Santa. Santa. <laughs> Stop. I have no idea why I was so inclined <laughs> to say Santa. Like that. you. <laughs> ah. Gabe, can we play <laughs> No, we cannot. Yes, please. <laughs> Slow mo. As I was saying. Oh my god. <laughs> as I was saying, waiting for to hear your take on it, Katie. Um Yeah. I think that as disturbing as it may be sometimes, as uncanny valley as it may be sometimes. The Polar Express with their, you know, key shot. Oh, my God. We're talking about Klaus. I'm not even going to wait to hear what you got to say. It means nothing no, I to just, me now. I love the sentence. Well, as disturbing as it was sometimes, <laughs> it was still really damn charming. <laughs> I, th- I think it's charming. There's something very magical no, it about is. it. It reminds, reminds me of my childhood, childhood, too. You know? No, I really like it. I think I think the charming parts are what the people aren't and the story is also very charming. So everything when you don't see people is charming. Yeah. The story itself is very heartwarming and charming. And like, who wouldn't want to live in the Polar Express for yeah. a day? Not not the animation part, but like the book. Let's exactly. pretend it's the book, right? I always dreamt yeah. about like, oh my God, if a train would come in the middle of the night on Christmas Eve and take me to see the North Pole so I can meet Santa before he comes and he yeah. gives me gifts and then meet all of these people who have way worse lives than I do. <laughs> <laughs> these sadder childhoods sadder children yeah <laughs> just downtrodden children yeah. who live in my neighborhood apparently yeah right and why don't don't um, they play together you know wouldn't they know each other i don't know and i feel like they should have but apparently they live very very far away because the polar express yeah, is super they, fast yeah what's <laughs> polar express and super fast <laughs> i mean they don't call it the polar express for nothing yeah true I always wanted some of their hot chocolate, though, well, as much like... as I shit-talked it earlier. God oh, damn it, yeah. it looks so good. It looks so good. That scene is my favorite. I love it. That scene it, and then the I one agree. where uh, 
The one where the girl's ticket goes and gets out of the train and floats around? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's such a lovely sequence. I think it was so properly animated and it was just lovely. And on to the best 2D animation comeback, Klaus. Yes! So good! Your reaction was so cute. It was so cute. You froze first. And then you came back in celebration. It was adorable. Oh, because it's a comeback. Get it? Hey. 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 Let's just let's just start off with the main thing here. History of animation, really quickly. Around the '90s, everybody just kind of dropped the ball, and they said, "Ah, who needs this anymore?" <laughs> uh, late '90s, early 2000s, you know, studios started being like, "Oh, we should really move into 3D animation," because you know, the new fashion, especially after Pixar fucking destroyed everybody in the game with Toy Story and um, shit. What other movies did they do right after that? All of them. All of them. And then in the two, the year 2010, I believe, I could be wrong on that, Disney Studio itself, like, you know, Disney Animation, started moving into 3D animation as well with Tangled was their first 3D animated, if I'm not mistaken. <gasps> I was right! Yeah. Holy moly! Go I think me. I think it was. Like, there's, I can't think of anything that came before that. It's almost um, like it happened in my lifetime. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, same in mine. <laughs> Dumbass. I went to the movies to watch it. Same. It was good. <laughs> it was good. Um, and their last 2D animated movie was, or feature film, was uh, The Princess and the Frog. Mwah. Oh, Bless. so Bless good. That movie. If they're doing a Tiana show, which, you know, finally, uh, I wish they'd get in there like another movie, but I guess a show will also give like a lot of room to expand on the character. That's and true. I just hope it's 2D animated. Like, if it's not a 2D it animated be. show, I'll throw hands I with Disney executives. I will storm into their office <laughs> with you, Malu, and we will fight to the death. Yes. <laughs> How dare they? Anyway. Exactly. So, you know, by around the late 90s, late 2000s, 10, early, like, 2010 era, uh, studios started dropping 2D animation. One of the few that were, like, still doing it was, like, you know, Studio Ghibli, which they're known for doing 2D. They just released their trailer for the first 3D animated movie. I'm very scared. Uh, I don't like change. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do I. Psychiatric help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for a nickel. The theme. <laughs> the theme of today. Psychiatric help for a nickel. <laughs> but, yeah, when, you know, the idea for Klaus came about, Sergio Paolo, bless his fucking soul, who had a lot of Disney experience. He worked in Disney animation during what is called the Disney Renaissance, which is essentially a time where Disney was just fucking killing it with their movies. Um, and they were finally getting, like, serious recognition outside of just being animated movies because, you know, animation has always faced the challenge of being seen as a kid genre, which is super, like, wrong. <laughs> Because it's not, as we've mentioned, not a genre. Also, no. not just for kids. It's stupid to think that it is. And it's so limiting because animation really can do so much. But around the Disney Renaissance, they really start, started being taken seriously by, like, you know, shit like the Academy Awards. Um, you know, Beauty and the Beast was the first ever animated, you know, movie nominated. And yeah, he worked in films like Tarzan, Hercules, Treasure Planet, all fantastic, fantastic movies. And he really liked working on those films. He really liked what 2D animation was, what it did. The fact that, as I mentioned before, it really pushed animators to be smart and to be ingenious about the way that they were doing things and how they were pushing the envelope with the medium. And so he said, I want to do that. I want to bring that back because I feel like it should be brought back. We've, we've neglected it for long enough. And 
not just bring it back, but he also wanted to advance it. You know, he didn't want it to be just a 2D animated picture because you can do that, you know, easily. And so what he did was that he developed a style and, you know, him and his team, this whole style of 2D animation that to some people could even look 3D because of shading and lighting that they use, which is one of the most beautiful things about the movie. Sometimes it really yes. keeps you wondering of like, what type of animation am I fucking watching? <clears throat> the lighting yeah. really did it all. I know, right? And he, he I, had a I really depth. noticed that. Yeah. It's fucking great because, you know, classic 2D animation was a lot about just having backgrounds and then putting characters on top of it, you know, and cells, which, you know, great. It was lovely. But he really wanted to be like, okay, but that's not all we can do. We can really step the yes. step up the fucking game with new technology. That's not all we can do. Exactly. And he so did it. He did it so nicely. It's yes. It's so mm -hmm. great. It really is. No, that was, it was so good. That, that, I'm glad you pointed that out because I did notice the lighting in it a lot. That's what stood out to me the most is the lighting and the use of colors. I loved in the very beginning when, um, what's his what's his name? Jay? Jesper. Jesper. Yeah. Jesper. <laughs> when Jesper gets on the boat with the with the boat driver and mm -hmm. he's in color, Jas Jasper's in color, but the boat uh, driver is not, and all yeah. of that. I loved that i thought that was so good it's and, so and good. the rest of the light and once he got to the island the light, oh man especially in the forest mm -hmm. the forest lighting was oh my god it was so the good forest and they was oh, one of the most gorgeous things how they introduced the dead wife of clouds oh. that was fantastic and the, and how they wrapped it up in the end even mm -hmm. better even when better. they start putting the little figurines in the tree with yeah. like his new family, I started. I was bawling my eyes out. Yeah. I was like, "Oh my god, he's so happy! He has yeah. a family now. He finally has the family he always wanted." <laughs> completely killed me, Kat. I just completely destroyed me emotionally. It just, I, I wasn't even ready for it. I knew I was gonna cry, but not that much. I, I, I didn't start crying until he was. He got older and older, and I'm like, "Oh no, where are you oh going with this?" <laughs> And then, <laughs> <laughs> where is this going? And uh, then, and then I was like, "Oh my god, were they? Are they gonna kill Santa? They can't just kill Santa. It's Santa." But then Santa. they wrapped up the whole story, so like mm -hmm. uh, the origins of Santa Claus. That makes so much sense. Him, yeah. mm -hmm. It made me believe again, <laughs> as you should. Otherwise, you I won't know. hear the little bell from the Polar Express. I know exactly. So finally, I'll hop on the Polar Express. It'll it all comes together. Klaus is such a beautiful movie. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned the colors because the colors were actually yes. a very important thing. One of the sites, like one of the things that is cited as like a big influence and a big thing that they took from was this animator called Mary Blair, um, and she was an animator in like the, the old golden era of Disney, uh, which is really cool because like women back then in animation, <gasps> what they mainly did was coloring and inking. So essentially, that means that they would take the paper that came from the animators that had all the motions and all the characters moving, they would put a cell on top of it. They would ink it with, you know, black ink. Um, a cell is just, you know, completely clear piece of thingy. Cellulite. Yes. <laughs> uh, celluloid, yes. not cellulite. <gasps> and, <laughs> and then they would turn it around once it was dried and they would color in with all the colors. They had this huge fucking... We saw it when we went to, like, the Disney studios. Yeah, we did. It was crazy. huge rooms of just colors. Mm -hmm. um, and then these women so would neat. all sit there and they would they would call her and that's what they did and that's why the movies look so fucking pretty because mm -hmm. uh, women did it because women did it <laughs> uh, but Mary Blair went you know one step forward from just that um, she was actually a concept artist 
and she was always known for being very good with you know playing with colors uh she did a lot of influence for sleeping beauty a lot of influence for alice in wonderland and yeah she was just known for being a very bold colorist like she would just use color theory in a way that nobody else could like compare to it in a way that was bold in a way that really established like an aesthetic for something yes and she was fantastic and she's cited as one of the influences for how they use color in this movie which shows because they really said we're I gonna make that. this town be in snow all the time and yet and yet everything's and gonna yet stand out hell yeah and they it's did such a challenge like using white is such a challenge but if you really look at it there's so much color reflected off that white mm-hmm. that it works so well I can't believe they, they used her as an inspiration. That's so nice. I love that. She's great. Because that's the thing. You can really tell that like Sergio Paolo had that Disney background. Um, yes. And not just that. You can also tell like his, his character designs. Like Jesper, I don't know. Have, have you seen Treasure Planet? Are you familiar with the, no, the oldie but a goodie? No, I haven't yet. Well, we'll watch it one day. Okay. Um, but Treasure Planet has very distinct character designs, specifically for uh, there's this character that he actually worked on um called professor oh what's his name oh my god i'm forgetting his name it starts with a d it's the professor he's really cool and his design is actually very similar to jesper's design which i thought was really funny because i was watching it uh tito and i were watching it together and we were both sort of thinking like this really reminds me of like old school disney animation and that's why because the man has a lot of experience wow well established dude this one now that you point it out it does i i I did like i i I like that it had that Disney inspiration behind it, mm-hmm. but it didn't scream Disney to me. Yeah, it still screamed its own independent thing, and I that makes me happy because I can't stand <laughs> Disney stamped on fucking everything. I like that it was just influenced by the right things. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. He had the right training clearly of that mm-hmm. professional Disney look, and <laughs> he was inspired by the greatest of them all, which happened to be under Disney's wing, um, but was a woman. <laughs> we love that. But anyway, yes, it. the colors were beautiful. And I like that you said that they're reflected off the snow. That's rad as shit. So. Amazing. Um, and wait, there was something I wanted to tell you. You said something and I was like, oh, I should tell yeah. her about this because she'll think it's cool. Ooh, tell and, me. Oh, oh, I know. You're going to like this because I'm going to shit on Disney a little bit. Hi, guys. Yes. <laughs> if you're My listening, favorite. Disney people, <laughs> I don't think you are, but hello. So the thing is, Disney has obviously moved on from 2D animation to the point of, like, I really don't think that they'll return to it in feature films. How at fucking least not dare for a they? while. You know, Pixar still does some 2D them. with their shorts, especially, I think there's called uh, Spark Shorts. Uh, they're amazing. They're really cool. Would recommend to anybody. Fantastic. Uh, but they're shorts, you know. They're still not, like, feature-length movies where they would actually do 2D animation. And one of the reasons is because they thought that, like, you know, the medium had reached its, its point. You know, it was like, oh, this is it for us. Let's move on to like the better technology. And what I like is that Klaus really puts, you know, a spotlight on the fact that like, no, 2D animation was not dead by any means. You just didn't want to develop further into it. And not just Disney, you know, other companies are part of it as well. But I think it really, sh- you know, put a light on the fact that just because the technology was old school and still was using stuff that people were using like 50 years ago, doesn't mean that it's not worth everything it's got and doesn't mean that you can't keep developing it to tell your stories. Yeah. It's just, I love him. I love Sergio Pablos. Hello, sir, if you're listening, I, I want to work for you so badly. <laughs> I know how to use the programs you use. Please let me work for you. Please. 
listen to her speak <laughs> about all of this. I love and you. educating us all uneducated animation folk. Your story's so Hire good and made me cry. She's your she's your it's everything. It's such a well-written story. I'm not ever going to stop talking about this movie. I'll watch it every Christmas season. Honestly, yeah. me too. It's on my new traditions list. <laughs> yes. Yay. I love that Thank I'm you for... you do more animation stuff. Thank you for making her... Hello. Hello, <laughs> Katie. Thank you for making me watch more animated ooh, animated uh, shenanigans because Gladly this was one of my recent favorite movies that I've seen in a long time. And uh, and also, you teach me so many things when we talk about it. That's why I'm so quiet over here because I'm literally just like uh, <laughs> getting all of the juices of your brain. I love The you. brain juice. <laughs> the brain juice. And so yes. final, final segment, Klaus should have won the Academy Award. I love Toy Story 4. I really do. And I appreciate everything that Disney put into their style of animation for that movie. I think it was ground fucking breaking, but Klaus deserved it. And I, I won't shut up about it. But I, there's also a really good story in Toy Story 4. Wait, what did Disney win? Like, for uh, what Disney, movie? Disney won for Toy Story 4. That year, it oh. was Toy Story 4, this one, Missing Link, and I'm forgetting one. Uh, Missing Link is also a barrel of laughs, super fun. But... Yeah, Toy Story 4 had a fantastic story, I think. It had a very, like, fun everything. They somehow managed to make more of it and still make it very emotionally harrowing. But I really wanted Klaus to win. <laughs> and to yeah. add more validation to that, I agree. And you know what? <gasps> Honestly, I say that, we both say that so much on this podcast. I feel like we need to make t-shirts that just are Malu, me Malu's face that says, I agree under it. Yours your said, and I agree. And mine said, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> on the, one of us on the front, one of us on the back. <laughs> Aww. We can do, like, alternates. So some will have you in the front, some will have me in the front. Just Oh, sure. If we <laughs> want. <laughs> or, so no, same it. same side, but it'll be, like, one one face up here, one face a little bit lower than the other, and then it's, like, the words go underneath okay. both of our faces that are opposite. And so like it'll be that. that same quote. I'll yeah, get on works. the design right now. Yes, come on, Malu, animator Malu, who's right. one day going to work for Sergio. Sergio? I want, Sergio. I want to work. Did I say his name so right, Sergio? I mean, yeah. I only said it's... it. You only said it a million times. I should know. <laughs> Sergio. All right, so that was great. Any final thoughts, Malu? Um, Sergio Pablos is my new favorite person in the world. Oh, it's Sergio Pablo. I've been saying Pablo. I'm stupid. I keep writing it wrong. Sergio oh my Pablo God. is my That's new so personal dumb. hero. Um, I agree. He's he's I gonna be know. on my list. Your list? <laughs> yeah, my list of um, icons. Yes. yes. Also, boy, fun fact, real quick, as I know that you'll want to hear about it. Mm. Um, so, uh, Klaus was distributed by Netflix. Um, and I guess also produced. I believe like they were the ones that picked it up and were like, "Yeah, sure, let's do this." Okay. Um, and apparently, Sergio Pablo had a really nice uh, time with them. He says that they gave him like full creative liberty which he had never experienced with another studio. Um, and he said they that the do. process of getting yeah. it to happen was really easy for him. Like, apparently he just showed them, like, his two-minute, like, um, sort of concept for it, which was an animated little bit. It was really nice. And, yeah, they were just like, yeah, sure, let's do this movie. And That's good. I mean, they, I, I have to admit, liberty. they are very good about giving creators creative liberty. I just think they always fuck them in the end when it, if it's not uh, exactly <laughs> when they cancel what they their want. shows. Yeah, but the thing is, Klaus is a, they probably knew it was going to be a hit, and they were going to be competitors with Disney for it, and so they were like, hell yeah, do whatever mm -hmm. you damn please, and they're trying to, they're, 
Netflix is also ridiculously desperate right now. They're upping the cost really to $15 a month. Fifteen uh, twelve. Jeez. Yeah, no, they, I just got notified that they will be upping start come the new year. So um, I don't know if you remember back in L.A. We learned that Netflix says, well, we don't know how to make any more money. So we're just going <laughs> to up the cost. And we and all keep say, making yeah. shit shows at their garbage. Club. They an HBO costs about sixteen dollars a month ish. And so the fact that Netflix thinks they're good enough to charge the same as Yikes. HBO pisses me off. Netflix has like two percent fantastic things. Yeah. Ninety eight percent garbage. So how dare they? But and, like their good guess, shit can easily be bought by somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Their contracts just suck. I mean, it's all in in like on their business end of like yeah. oh it's, it's good business for them but it sucks mm. for all creatives mm. who in case netflix might if it doesn't blow up for netflix then they cancel it or if it and has they, and they don't allow them to take <laughs> it elsewhere and that pisses me mm. off so. it's awful really I, I really can't wait to see like if somebody else gets picked up by some miracle and they're like yeah let's do the show that netflix completely underhanded one i'm hoping they do that for the oa that's what i'm hoping for i I hope the creators Mm -hmm. once their three to five years are up since the cancellation of the show that they take it elsewhere and they finish it out and it's even bigger than it ever was before because if netflix properly advertised it to any extent i have never i have given that show to eight people eight Eight people, very different people in my lives, and every single in my life, and every single one of them loved the show so much. Now, how, to, like, and to have a range of people who watch everything different, like, mm-hmm. you know what? Oh, yeah. I'm gonna throw. All right, I'm not gonna go. <laughs> we're on a rant. We're on a rant. We're on a rant. Anyways, we're on a rant. Anyways, thank Netflix. you for <laughs> telling me that fun fact. I've, of I don't have any final thoughts. I think we captured everything very well. And thank you for educating me on animation so much. Always happy to talk about animation. <laughs> All right, Malu, are you ready to lose the game? I'm so ready to win again. Okay, you might win. I honestly have no idea what your what oh, your knowledge no. is. So First question knows? is about money. I'm always bad at money. <laughs> I have. I think I have. I don't know how many I have. All right, so we have four questions and a bonus question because I really liked what I was reading. You're so sweet. I know. I know. Go for it. All right, so. Question one. How much did it cost Disney to produce Snow White in 1937? A, $502,000. B, $958,000. Or C, $1.4 million. Ooh. Okay. Okay, it was the 30s, so money was different. That is, yeah, yes, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> Value was very, very different. Yes, it was. Um, I don't know why. I feel like it's the first one. $502,000. $502,000. Is that your final answer? That is my final answer. You are incorrect, Mallow. Oh, is it the second one? No, it is $1.4 million. Really? $1.4 million? It was. Snow White, which premiered in 1937, was the first American animated feature film that cost $1.4 million to produce. And then just to add to that, because I I was going to make this question, I was like, this is stupid because the (laughs) money changes so fast. Um, Yeah. Another little fact when it comes to money was um, Three Little Pigs cost $16,000 in 1933. That's not much money at all. In contrast, 
Sleeping Beauty, which was made in 1959 and was one of Disney's most expensive animated features, that cost $6 million. Wow, money. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And they also like really went off with that movie. Like They really said, we're going to do <laughs> so much that we've never done because yeah. Walt wants a tapestry on screen. Mm-hmm. And they said, normal, no more format? No, no, no. Cinemascope. Cinemascope, baby. Make it big. We're going for it. All right. Question two. Yes. How long did it take to complete the production of Beauty and the Beast? I hate that I don't know any of these, like, by heart. <laughs> but I love so that I'm learning, happy. at least. That oh, is music up. to my ears, Malu. <laughs> Option A, more than two years. Option B, more than three years. Option C, more than four years. More than four years. Is that your final answer? Yes, it is. You are incorrect. Damn, it was more than three years, wasn't it? <laughs> it is more than three years. That is, yes, that's I it. I thought about it, but then I thought in my mind, it kind of went six years. It took six years, and I went, why? The fact behind it is production of Beauty and the Beast took more than three years and required the talents of nearly 600 animators, artists, and technicians. Because Beauty and the Beast is a masterpiece. Yeah, it we'll is. die on it's that really hill. Good. The live action did not do justice to <laughs> no, the style it did of the not, first but I love, one. I love Emma in it. Emma killed it. So I mean, I, I love her, but um, <laughs> but, we, uh, we have we have to talk about the autotune eventually. They could have just gotten her like a double for her singing voice, and that would have been I it. Didn't, I didn't think it was that bad. Oh, I didn't, oh you know what? It's a quiet I didn't listen. village. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> It's just the autotune in that is so. I'm gonna have to re-listen to it. I, when the first time around, I wasn't listening for autotune. I'll, I was just experiencing it. So maybe I'll check it out again, but probably not. So, <laughs> all right, number three. Number three. Oh, this is a good one. I bet you'll get this one. I don't maybe I don't know. <laughs> How many drawings were made for the production of Robin Hood? You mean drawings in like frames, or just like drawings, including like concept art and shit? I. I'm gonna assume it's not concept art. I think it's just for that. Um, and I'll go more into detail of how they did math behind it, I suppose. I don't know. Um, but they just say drawings, and option okay. A is 350,000, option B is 375,000, option C, 400,000. Okay. And this is, the Ro- this is the Disney Robin Hood, correct? Yes, yeah. This is all Disney, by the way. Okay, um, can I do math with my phone because I'm bad at math in my head? I mean, sure, yeah. Let <laughs> <laughs> me keep checking. Can I do math this? music? <laughs> we have math music. Um, okay, let's just do math really quickly. Say your math out loud so that people can hear. No, I don't want to. I'll embarrass myself. Do it. It's okay. You're a communications major. No one I'm expects gonna, you to do I'm math. Gonna, if there's one thing that I'm always embarrassed by is my poor math skills, so I'm not going to expose that. Okay. Future employers listening to this, I'm very good at math. <laughs> <laughs> Super level-headed. I know <laughs> mathematics, basic ones. I know money. Super humble. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And that was... Mm-hmm. Tick tock. Tick, Shut the tock, fuck tick, up. <laughs> okay, well I did math and that math doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm not gonna lie, the math when I see the other numbers that they explain, it doesn't make any sense to me, so maybe you, you can explain it then. So 
Okay. Um, let me. Okay, I can do this. I can. Oh, you can do it. Wait, I know something about this production. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if it'll help me in any way because I still had to do that. What is them it? What do you know? What do you know? Um, so Robin Hood is one of the productions where Disney reused some of their old shots. So Princess Marion dancing in the forest is a reuse of uh, Snow White dancing inside wow. the Seven They're Dwarfs lazy. Cottage. I mean, it's because like they had this movements planned out and they, you know, had to like make some shortcuts for some things to do other shit. Um, and they were pumping out movies like fucking babies. So they were like, oop, <laughs> little, little yep. here and there. Okay, um, what is your answer? My answer is 375. <laughs> is that your final answer? That's my final answer. Am I wrong? I'm wrong, aren't I? You are incorrect, <laughs> Malin. Oh, I love this game. Ah, oh, this is my favorite day. <laughs> well, Malu, the fact is some 350,000 drawings were made mm -hmm. for the production of Robin Hood with Ooh. more than 100,000 painted cells and 800 painted backgrounds. Pretty. Okay, that makes sense. I didn't count in backgrounds. I was just thinking of frames. I didn't count the backgrounds. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Um, all right. What was that? Is that, uh, that was the math? Was that, the that, math? Was, that was it. That was oh, all okay. the fact is. That makes sense. All I right. I didn't think of it, but it makes sense. Question four. Wait oh, a minute. I know this one. Wait. That's good because, wait, I don't think I know the answer to this one. Hello? Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Where are my notes? I wrote Wait, that do I? Notes. There's two there that are tricking me. I know this oh, one. Oh, fuck. Right? Katie, you dumb bitch. Hold on. Pause. <laughs> you dumb slut. Okay, now I got it. All right. I'm sure yeah. you know it. All right, Malu. Question number four. What was the last film personally overseen by Walt Disney? A. Sword in the Stone. B. Jungle Book. C. Little Mermaid. Or D. Lady and the Tramp. See, I think I know this one, but it was either Sword in the Stone or the Jungle Book, and I can't fully remember which one it was, but I think it was Sword in the Stone. Sword in the Stone. Is that your final answer? Mm-hmm. You are incorrect. It was a jungle book. <laughs> it is jungle book. That yeah. is correct. Do I get yes. a half point for knowing that it was like it was either that one or the other yes. one? Because they're pretty nice. close by. I'm nice. I will always give you half points if it Aww, is deserved. So and you sweet. did note that. So yeah, you get half a point. They were very close together. And that's the thing. Like, it's like the issue is like I knew the timeline because I always tracked when Walt Disney died, which I forget the year, but like I know around Same. which time in their movie history it was. And the thing is, his death was like very overlapping with Sword in the Stone and Jungle Book. Mm -hmm. because I rate like I see those movies for when they came out and then I have to think of like production and production can take a lot more time than like you know a year so I always get those two confused but yes Jungle Book all right and then I have a Katie bonus question for yay. you yay yay oh. because you know me I love my old cartoons yes of course so <clears throat> my bonus question is to you Malu with no with no options this is no just gotta options. be out, off the top of your head how many animators did Walt Disney have working with him on Steamboat Willie? You know what? Nine. Nine? Yeah. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. You are incorrect, Malu. <laughs> How many were there? I have a reasoning for the nine. How there were, were there? only two animators working with only him. Only two animators. On, That's uh, fantastic. Uh -huh. It is the first feature film. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. No, no, it wasn't a feature film. It was a little short. Oh. Wait. I watched Snow White it. was the first. Like, it was feature... only. What is it? Oh, it's very it short. is short, isn't it? Yeah, the first feature Duh. film, like first animated feature film, was Snow White, which was why it was yeah. such a big deal. That's why I thought. That's what I thought too. Oh, 
and I didn't look at the answer when they were like, which is the first one? And I saw Snow White, and I'm like, it's Snow White. And then I saw Steamboat Willie, and I'm like, oh, maybe it's that one. <laughs> Duh, it's a short. Ugh, mm. I knew that. I've seen it. I've literally watched it. So good for me. But, but here's the thing. I had reasoning behind saying nine. Well, Melu, you are 0. 0.5 out of Woo! 5, and that makes me thrilled. So well, That makes you the winner of today, Katie. Uh, that makes me the winner of today, and I, I'm, did you learn things? I mean, I learned things. I once I, again embarrassed myself by saying, I know about animation, and then losing everything. That was so but, good. Um, yeah, go think about yeah, that for the rest of, of the day. <laughs> Thank you. Thank now, you these so questions much. were really tough, and I purposely made all of the options very close together, just in <laughs> case you didn't know any of them. My imposter syndrome as an, as an artist has really just gone through the fucking Okay, but today, no, literally, I, I would like, who knows any of these questions? Who knows any of them? Somebody does. Somebody. I feel like I should know them because I Maybe used people to like, who obsessively are like, look shit up like this. People who don't have lives know these questions, Malu. Or at least have the knowledge to guess uh, a lot of, i think There's you're only 20 stories. years old i think people who are older than you have the knowledge to guess some of them mm. who are also obsessed with like you in 20 years will be able to be like of course i can make an educated guess for this mm-hmm. but you're too young right now <laughs> and that's I'm, a fact i'm only a flower well everybody thank you for tuning into this holiday season episode of thank animations so galore Yay. Yay. Please follow us on Instagram to check out what's happening next week. At Film School Professionals. That's right, baby. And make sure you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Give us a star rating, a little comment in the section of who you Mm -hmm. hate, who you love, but mostly who you hate. Yes. (laughs) Go go do it, as we said at the beginning. Guys, gals, and non-binary pals. There you go. Really gonna, there it is. I'm going to start using that every fucking day. I love it. Do it. I like it. I like it. Especially because right, I always feel weird when I say, hey, guys. And I'm like, what if somebody doesn't want me to call them guys? It's true. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Incredible. One of the worst performances of my career, and they never doubted it for a second. Oh, this has taken a weird turn, but yep. thank you for the Spanish. <laughs> I'm sorry you guys had to listen to more than 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Top Gallant Radio, brought to you by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabe Mara.